trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort.
A new year brings a new look, but fear not, because we're still the Radio Sega that you know and love. And I'm still the Green Vibrate you know and love, because this is the topical result right here on Radio Sega. And what you just heard there was from a certain magical virtual on, and that was Get Ready. And before that, from Initial D Arcade Stage, that was, of course, the ever-so-famous Running in the 90s. Not the 80s, not the 70s, not even the noughties, the 90s. So, uh, I should probably explain what the topic of the episode is, considering uh, this was a bit of a... Uh, a bit of a short time between announcing the episode and actually airing it. So, we're going to be doing today... Uh, sorry, I'm so nervous because there's a lot of people here right now because that news uh, broke boundaries about the uh, new look. But we're going to be doing Sega Licensed Game ep- Sega licensed Games tonight and that means... Well, we started off with two tracks from Licensed Games with Certain Magical Virtual On being... Um, based on, well, Virtual On, obviously, but also a Certain Magical Virtual... Uh, nope. Certain Magical Index, which is an anime, and then Initial D, obviously, being an anime as well. So, not all going to be anime music. We've got plenty of other stuff coming up tonight, but I thought they were two strong opener tracks, and I definitely agree, but if you want strong tracks, well, we've still got plenty to come during the show, as well as your own request. So, let's see what you guys have been saying in the chat room, because there's been a whole bunch of activity here in... Um, here in Discord, uh, Ele- Electric's linked me and um, uh, Continuity Ident thing, which, uh, thank you, Electric. I will go off and probably watch it after the show now, for people who know me. Um, so, yeah, speaking of, join our Discord server, our new look Discord server, radiose.jf.discord, if you have a nice brand new spanking icon, courtesy of Copke. So, a huge thank you to him, and a huge thank you to, in general for the new logo on the site as well. A large thank you to our techie, 21 for designing the ToeJam & Earl theme, which you currently see on the site, which... I absolutely love, by the way. Uh, the original version we had was uh, setting off a lot of people's epilepsy, so we actually had to uh, edit it quite a bit, but now that we've got it edited, I'm in love with this theme. It works so well with the new logo, and it just looks excellent, so uh, go and check out the RadioSega.net website if you haven't already. If you listen to this podcast relatively closely after you've um, after this episode has come out on iTunes or you're listening to it live, go and check out our website right now, because we've probably still got the ToeJamminel theme on, and it is amazing. It's got to be said. So yes, in our Discord server, which I've already just linked to, we have Alex Coppertone, Electric Boogaloo, Rapid Run, Brute Gamer 98, IA1980, Ice Ferno, uh, who else? Brass Saturday, Ten, Miriam, uh, Twinny, and Jstar Max. I believe that's all the people we currently have, but if you are lurking, hello to you. If you're listening on the podcast, hello to you. And, well, what else can we really talk about in this first block, really? I guess we should, yeah, talk about the big elephant in the room. The brand new look Radio Sega, where it's come from, where it's going, etc. Uh, what else is coming up? So let me just move around in my chair, because I'm very uncomfortable and in pain. So, ideally I'd like to uh, not be doing that. But, yes, yeah, so, um, some of you have correctly pointed out that you've already seen the logo elsewhere, because, well, it was in Spark the Electric Jester a few months back. Not months, in fact, no, it was two years ago now. Ah, oh, that doesn't feel like that long ago. It feels like that game came out yesterday. So, yeah, it's like the Electric Jester. That was where our... Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot J-Meme. Hi, J-Meme. Hi, uh, Shaky... Sh- sh- no, hang on, I can't read it because people keep typing and stopping typing, etc. Hi, Shake and Bakey as well. Plenty of other people. Uh, probably all hanging around. But yeah, so, it's like the Electric Jester, which came out in April 2017, featured the brand new Radio Sega logo back then because we were under the assumption of well we're going to implement this pretty quickly so 
you know, we're going to put it into like, the electric gesture instead of our old one. Oh, JH Sounds as well, hello to you. <laughs> so many of you. So he implemented it in the uh, in Spark the Electric Jester, thinking nothing of it, because, oh, we'll soon have the uh, logo on the site. Obviously, yeah, it's been another two years since then. We've had this logo for even longer than that, as you can imagine. In order to be in the game, we must have already had it to hand. So we just finally sort of went, yeah, let's just, let's just do it. Birthday is the perfect opportunity to do it. So we did exactly that, and... um. There were some mixed reactions, like at first, like people behind the scenes were sort of like, "Oh, I don't know, like maybe you should do X and maybe you should do Y, etc." I'm not sure if I'm big on this, but um, a few of us were so strongly for this logo. We thought it looked really nice with the uh, theme. It just looked nice in general. We decided, "Yeah, let's push it," and we did, and that's exactly what happened today. So I'm very glad that we did it because I'm I finally we're using this for something, which. Uh, makes a nice change after years of inactivity for it. But also, I, I don't know, it's just nice to have a change. Because as I pointed out in the, sort of the Twitter post and the Discord post, it's just been... Um, the only thing that's ever remained the same on our site is the logo. The, the, the iconic Samba Amigo logo has been there since all the way back on the 13th... Not 13th, the 16th of March. 2006, and we never changed it once. So it was probably about time we finally did that, right? You know, gotta gotta be looking forward. I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss the old one too. Not gonna lie, but it's all about that looking forward. We gotta be doing that, but it's also important to look back on what came as well. So we're we're definitely not gonna be skipping out on um our heritage, but we certainly wanna also keep looking to the future because that's how that's how people innovate. You know, you don't innovate by um repeating the same stuff over and over again I guess so that's why we're so adamant for this I will say um give us uh, like a few weeks to get everything up to date and you're like weeks what but um there is a lot of stuff that needs updating the uh, obvious main one is the show art so the show art oh sorry um I accidentally knocked my mic the show art uh, is the obvious thing that's going to be needed to change. Uh, we've already got one for the top of the resort, actually. If you check Twitter, we've already started using the brand new artwork. Thank you, Once Game Copke. Uh, on top of that, I believe Saturday Night Sega also has artwork that's ready to go on that front. So next uh, tomorrow night, you should be seeing Saturday Night Sega with the brand new artwork. Other shows give them time. Because obviously uh, different people are in charge of the artwork, they might have to be sent off to different artists. People might have to like find the original files they used to create their artwork. So yeah, do give it time to uh, settle. We're also not going to be going back and editing old artworks or anything. Say like Sega Ages for example, that's going to be kept the same. But anything that airs from now on will um, have the new version of the artwork. So keep that in mind at the very least. So uh, yeah, but as I say, that's one thing. Another thing is as well, um, the main one you're going to notice is our stream artwork or our stream layouts. Because obviously we have these lovely stylized uh, Radio Sega layouts from Peter Kickass, all with their, all in their gorgeous sort of blue colour. But uh, that's going to need some time to get changing because obviously, you know, PT's got a life. Uh, there's multiple layouts that need to change. So bear that in mind as well. Uh, we, we are actually going to have a few streams in the next few coming days. So, uh, yeah, PT is not going to be that quick. So, the old layout is still going to be in place for a few weeks as we get that sorted out. As well, some social media feeds, because we might not have access to all of them at this point. RSS feeds, because even though we update them on the site, 
you know, your iTunes, your Stitcher, that might not get updated for a while. So be very patient with us because it is all um, is all still coming. But yeah, and um, I just checked the forum, and apparently the forum hasn't been skinned. Whoops! Uh, we'll definitely fix that in the next update. <laughs> Gulp! <laughs> I forgot that wasn't fixed. We were, we were double checking, triple checking, like all the bugs, all the glitches, making sure that it worked, and um, yeah, <laughs> that's one we definitely missed. Ignore that. So the sudden, I really don't have too much more to say because what can I say about licensed games that isn't inevitably obvious? Like. Yeah, so they're games that um, are based on other franchises existing, like films, cartoons, uh, I don't know, multimedia properties, etc. Games based on them. So, we've got plenty of games coming up, and give you some examples, such as, coming up next we have Astro Boy Omega Factor, we've also got some Mickey Mouse, some Fist of the North Star, some Cool Spot, some, uh, some more Disney stuff, also some Olympic stuff rather interestingly. And um, even though it's quite obvious when it's pointed out, I think there's one that you're going to forget. One of Sega's biggest franchises happens to be a licensed property, so we'll be getting to that a bit later on in the show. But I guess eh, we don't really have too much more to say here. Let's peace out and let's get in on some more music. So I can't remember if I said it earlier I've got really bad deja vu at the moment, but requests are going to be all throughout the show, not just in one block this week, because... I don't know, I just wanted a nice little mega mix. So, coming up now is a request from a man we haven't seen around in a while. It's from J Star Max, and, uh, well, let's just say J Star wanted a track from Astro Boy Omega Facts, and this is Tender Recollection right here on the Topical Resort. Thank you. 
Same show, same host, different topic. This is the Topical Resort.
Dusty History. deceive me is viper actually doing one of the segments of his show for once yes believe it or not thank you brick gamer <laughs> before before this uh this shock this revelation you heard a track from fist of the north star lost paradise that was versus devil reverse before that from cast of illusion starring mickey mouse the 2013 remake which it's not as good as the original but it's still quite good and luckily it was um, it was relisted because otherwise it would have become abandoned where itself. That was Enchanted Forest Act One, a remix of uh, Forest Door One from the original. And kicking off the block was a uh, request by J Star Max, and that was from Astro Boy Omega Factor, and that was Tender Recollection. Now I just remembered something which I shouldn't have discussed in the first block, but I didn't because I was so sidetracked by being nervous that so many people were listening because we made a big announcement. So what I meant to say was, how do you guys like our uh, Radio Second Live anniversary show on Tuesday, which was known as Pick and Mix? And for those of you who missed it or you tuned out, <laughs> the podcast is available. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, go on to your podcast provider of choice, search for Radio Sega One or Specials, and it should be the Radio Second Live ninth anniversary. That that is the podcast you want to be looking for and it's a bit rough around the edges but hey you'll see why once you listen to it because that is the whole draw of the show that it is a bit rough around the edges because uh, it's sort of how it has to work really isn't it so yeah I'm really proud of it I spent a long time working on uh, the concept for that show so please go and give it a listen even if you didn't listen to it live because I think it is uh, well worth it but future episodes will greatly improve upon the uh, what we laid out there, the groundwork of the first episode. So, but anyway, go ahead and enjoy it. And uh, yeah, you're you're right, Electric. I was stealing too many listeners, and we all know what too many listeners means. We all know, don't we? That's a major no, no. Yep, thank you, Rav. It's a major no, no. No stealing listeners from Rav Seek. I didn't do it last night actually because I was tempted to stream last night and then Ra- I saw Rav was streaming on the Radio Sega Twitch and I'm like, nope, we're not, we're not touching that minefield again because after, after all, we all know that's a that's a major no, no, indeed. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, into hasty history because uh, Brit Gaming Anti has wrote us a nice little hasty history. He always comes, he always comes in handy. Uh, when I'm unable to do it because I should say as well the reason uh, everything related to the show was so delayed like announcing it um, in my speech right now <laughs> no um, the reason everything's been a bit delayed today is because uh, I've been upgrading my PC yeah I got a new CPU and, and it doesn't work <laughs> it doesn't work <laughs> no so I spent like three hours trying to do that on top of organizing all this theme stuff so whenever I was like where's the show been I'm like oh yeah but doing, doing my computer for all this time totally haven't also been trying to organize this theme going up at the same time and all this other nonsense going on today I was meant to be meeting up with people and it didn't happen just oh everything everything decided to kick off today but in a good way minus the part where I was meant to meet up with people because uh, that, that wasn't a very good way but still everything sort of in a good way happened and I guess as well the, uh, the CPU not working that, that wasn't very positive either but hey hey there's, there's some um, there's some silver linings here very small silver linings Bare silver linings. But, yeah, that's why I've been sort of a bit delayed. I was working on my uh, computer. And as you imagine, when your computer's turned off because you're trying to fix it, funnily enough, 
you know it, you, you can't really write a show because uh, right someone's gonna say you can write on pen and paper I could but am I gonna do that no too lazy simple hasty history do you remember when we were gonna do that let's do that uh, and it's a short it is very hasty this time uh, so Brit you're bang on the money I must say and it's this time it's around Aladdin for the Mega Drive so, the development began in 1993, with a team of 10 animators working on animation frames. The work of those animators was then sent to Virgin's California facility for digitalization. A used traditional animation by Disney animators under supervision of Virgin's animation staff. Uh, a used traditional... No, hang on. Sorry, Rexy sent me a message. It's really thrown me off. You're very good at doing that, Rexy. <laughs> if you're listening, hi. Um, so, it, it used Virgin's in-house Digicel processors to compress the data onto the cartridge. The music of the game is a mixture of music from the film and original compositions by Donald Griffin and Tommy Tallarico. Hell yeah, Tommy Tallarico. What a guy. Uh, a version was planned for the Mega... Eh? Brit, Brit, you, you're right there. A version was planned for the Mega Drive but never started development. Uh, I think it did. Unless the version we got just never entered development. Ooh, spooky. It's a ghost cartridge. It's just the SNES version but uh, with less colours. The game was also ported to Amiga DOS NES Game Boy with Super Game Boy Sport and Game Boy Color. And he says, bit short, and I don't know if you want to include the final part about the ports. Too late. I just did. What you gonna do about it, Brute Gamer? What you gonna do? Uh, yeah, right, time to stop getting cocky and actually read the chat room because I've run out of, I've run out of things to say already. Oh, no, I should say, yeah, request as well, still open. So, if you know anything that's related to a Sega licensed game, so. It's uh, a licensed of a multimedia franchise with games made by Sega. It's eligible for requests and you can send them in ASAP. ASAP. So be sure to keep doing that. And no, 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 no. Why? <laughs> Wait, no, no, please don't let this be real. This has got to be fake. No, it's, it's, no, it's not fake. Damn it! No! <laughs> so this is completely unrelated to what's at hand, but I guess it's a license, so it sort of counts. Uh, Callum just posted to me in Discord that um, J Johnny Test is back. I mean, was anyone ever nostalgic for Johnny Test? <laughs> uh, for those of you who are not in the know, because it, yeah, it was a mid-2000s uh, Canadian crappy cartoons, so most of you probably wouldn't be in the know because you're uh, you're older than that. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, I've sort of explained it. It was a crappy cartoon. Uh, it was most infamous for the it used a whip sound effect, so like whoosh. it used it about once every five seconds, and it became infamous for that. It became a meme. Um, that, you know that. In fact, I think they they referenced it in the commercials for the show like later on because they were like, "Yeah, we can't escape this reputation that we use this sound effect way too damn much." So, um, I, uh, who I, I don't I don't get it. Like I've never, except for Jamie, I've never met anyone who actually liked the show. Okay, apparently Brit likes it as well, but it's a bland, shallow show that no one ever really liked. It was just a meme because because of the uh, the whip cracks. You know, I've got to be getting in some of them. Sadly, I don't have any uh, sound effects for uh, whip cracks, so I do have um, Casey's reaction to the fact that Johnny Test is coming back. Mmm. 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 
Thank you, KC. Much, much appreciated. Man, I've really got to stop relying on these sound effects. I'm turning into Sega Mixer Drive, and uh, admittedly, that's not a bad thing, but uh, the comedy is getting forced. But I'm not going to force my way into this next segue. Uh, nope, too late. Anyway, we're going to get into a track now, or we're going to get into a block of awesome Mega Drive tracks. Originally, it was going to be a Tommy Tellerico block, but then someone, someone, uh, requested an Aladdin track. And uh, rightfully so, because Aladdin has an amazing soundtrack. Shout out to my boy, Burnsy, who uh, speedruns Aladdin for the Mega Drive. So I've been forced, thanks to his streams, to listen to this music for hours on end, and I never get bored of it. So we're going to get into a track from Aladdin, but that's later on. But starting the block, we have a track from Cool Spot, and it's not the one you're thinking of. From Cool Spot, the Mega Drive version, this is Groovy Tune. When we come back... We're going to be rambling, same as always.
inside. Indeed it is rewind time. Indeed it is. Welcome back to the Top of Resort right here on Radio Sega where we rewind back to what you just heard. And that was Aladdin on the Mega Drive and that was Friend Like Me. Uh, obviously everyone made the live, live action Aladdin joke so I, ha- I had to sneak in a little sound effect there even if it was incredibly quiet. Before that from Mick and Mac. Oh, that was requested by BrickGame98 by the way. Before that from Mick and Mac as the Global Gladiators, a um, McDonald's licensed game. That was Jewel in Dance. And you say no one pointed it out, so I played it again. Um, actually, it wasn't that. It's because it came up really quiet on my audio monitoring software, so I thought it was inaudible, but apparently it wasn't. So, um, yeah, you did hear it in the end. Um, right. Because <laughs> I, I was listening to it, I was like, oh, I can't hear this, therefore no one else can hear it. But apparently you did, so... Uh, anyway. Yeah, before that, from Cool Spot, the Mega Drive version, that was Groovy Tune, and I, I said that... Um, that hurt his ears, which uh, I replied with, I wanted to play Rave Dance Tune, but we played it three weeks ago. That's, that's, the, that's the cool spot song that everyone likes, but we've already played it recently, so I had to uh, I had to switch it up a bit. <laughs> so I, I went with a track which I thought was like, yeah, it's quite good, but um, Shout was like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's not really that good. But yeah, we're back here. It's time It's time to uh, talk some nonsense. Now, uh, that makes a nice change in the show, considering what we've done for the last two beds, but uh, hey... We're going to keep doing it anyway. So we're going to be talking about some of the games which, uh, in this case, are... Um, sorry, Calibus posted something weird in Discord. Uh, we're going to be looking at the games which are eligible for today's show. So any Sega license games. We're just going to be talking about them, you know, giving our opinions on them. Uh, I'm going to be reading my phone because someone sent me a message. So let me read it. Uh, come Come on. No dead air, please. No, too late. Already dead air. Um... Ooh, interesting. Great. So, I'm going to read this one out quickly just before we uh, before we discuss anything else because I got a message from someone who I'm sorry, I might butcher your name. I apologise. Uh, from Fabrice. I think it's from Fabrice. Um, almost pronounced it like Fabrice by accident, which would have been bad. Sorry. Uh... They say, I think I was one of the first to register on this site. Radio Sega brought me much joy and still does almost daily. Thanks to everyone involved. Oh, and I miss Crazy Casey. Don't we all miss Crazy Casey? I, I, supposedly, he still listens to these podcasts. So hello, Crazy Casey, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> we, all, we all do, come on, Manic Monday 2. If it's so good, why haven't they made a sequel? Who knows? You, you, just, can't, you just can't answer these things. With a, maybe one day, maybe one day we'll have the... Uh, <laughs> the Lord of Madness back. I was going to say that. No, Re- Rexy really is the, uh, the the Lord of Mad. Not not a Lord, but you, you know what I mean. Well, technically the Lord. Whatever. Rex Rexy is mad. Uh, Rexy on caffeine. Hashtag that. Uh, did that cat? Did that hashtag die? I think it did. Hashtag Rexy on caffeine. Everyone. Anyway, so yeah, let's talk about some games. And um, so let's go in order, I guess, of um, what we've played so far in terms of my opinions, because I don't want to give away anything that we haven't already played. So, Aladdin on the Mega Drive, a brilliant game, better than the SNES version, yeah, I, I said it, that's right, 
you know, Capcom made the SNES version, whereas Virgin, uh, Virgin Games, uh, uh, get out of it. They made the Mega Drive version. Actually, the Mega Drive version turned out better. So uh, take that, Capcom, being a reputable company, unlike Virgin, because you made the worst game out of it. So well done. So yeah, uh, Aladdin on the Mega Drive though is a brilliant game. I'd highly recommend you pick it up, even if you don't particularly like the movie, because it's just a really solid platformer, especially for a licensed game. But hey, licensed games had love and care put into them back in the day. Do you remember when that was the case? I don't. Anyway, Mick and Mac as the Global Gladiator. So I know nothing about this one except the soundtrack, because uh, the, it was composed by Tommy Tallarico. It's a McDonald's game. If you're fat, you'll probably enjoy it. If you're not, uh, just go to McDonald's, I guess. It's probably a bit better than... Um, yeah, junk food is better for you than junk video games. And I'm not saying that like binging video games or, you know, junk yards or anything like that. No, I'm just saying junk as in trash video games are worse for your health than a McDonald's cheeseburger is. You heard it right here, folks. But, uh, yeah, I guess. No. Um, I don't know if I really could recommend the game because I don't know enough about it. So, listen to the soundtrack. Cool Spot for the Mega Drive. I can recommend this one. Cool Spot's a brilliant game, in my opinion. Um... What's weird is that you could class it as a licensed game, and you also couldn't. And some of you uh, are going to be like, what? Eh? Come on, come again. I mean that in the sense that Cool Spot is a 7-up mascot, or he was back in the 90s, so... It's a licensed game then, right, Viper? But um, Cool Spot was never officially the mascot in the UK. That belonged to... Jamie is going to correct me, because I know he knows this, because he said it on the show before. Um... But we had a different mascot in the UK at the time that Cool Spot came out, so all the 7UP branding, even though 7UP owned the rights to the game, all the 7UP branding was completely removed from the game and it was just released as a generic platformer. So we have it listed on as the Mega Drive version on the playlist, therefore is it really a license? Yes it is, it is. I don't, we don't have to ask this, but I really do think Cool Spot's a great game. Definitely the Mega Drive version is better than the, uh, better? Nope. You pronounce your letters, please, Viper. Definitely the Mega Drive version is better than the uh, SNES version. There's also a bunch of other ones like Game Gear, Game Boy. Uh, I think it was on Turbo Graphics as well. Uh, there's quite a lot of versions of uh, the original Cool Spot, and I don't really think any of them stack up to the original Mega Drive version, to be honest, because it's just a good game. That's. Um can't put too much more on it, it has a brilliant soundtrack, one of my favourite Mega Drive soundtracks overall, even though it is a licensed game, it just kicks so much ass, and we've already spoken about Rave Dance tunes, seriously, go listen to it if you somehow have dodged all the time to play it on this show, because I've played it like four or five times, I think, I think probably this season, not even like overall, so go and listen to Rave Dance tune, because that's a good example of uh, what the, um, what gems could do actually, because we did an episode a few weeks ago on gems, it was very rough around the edges. Uh, even more so than the anniversary special, it was really quite bad. Um, but we were saying we were sort of ragging on Gem, saying how it produced like twangy sounding audio, and none of it ever really sounded that good. But um, yeah, Gem's uh, Cool Spot is a prime example of what you could do if you actually knew how to use Gem's properly, because it's got brilliant instrumentation on it, and um, so much so that there is a version of the track which we played on that episode that actually uses two sound chips. So if you somehow hook up the Gem software to have two YM2612s or two different sound cards, it has like extra layers of synth and drums. It's amazing that version of the track. Um, so it's just a prime example of really what you could do if you knew how to program with the right software in my opinion. Um, we had Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise. I hear this is a good game, but it just doesn't grip me personally because I'm not interested in Fist of the North Star. And um, I don't know how it will upset people, but even if I was, uh, I'd try the demo and just 
couldn't get into it, you know, just, just, it just wasn't my thing, you know. Understandably, uh, it, it played like a Yakuza game, certainly, but it had enough differences to where it felt quite alien to the series, which is a good thing, because it's meant to stand on its own merits, but... I don't know, the combat didn't speak to me enough to keep me engaged in the story in the demo, which yeah, just didn't really interest me at all, to be honest. So, never picked up Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise. But if you did, let me know what you thought of it. Was it good? Was it bad? Was it... Did it make you mad? Or sad? Either way, I think we should be glad that we're moving on to Castle of Illusion. I've, spoke, I've, I've sung my praises about the Mega Drive version. It's like one of my favourite Mega Drive games. Not my favourite, but uh, it's up there. Whenever I boot up the console, it's always like one of the first games I put in because, oh, lovely game. That was um, obviously the best platform you had on Sega before Sonic came along. Because some of you would argue oh, you had Alex Kidd, but um, not. All. I mean specifically on the Mega Drive. You know, um, is sort of what I'm saying there. In that case, um, there's a lot of people messaging me, which is off putting once again. But um. Yeah, no, uh, it's... What was I even saying? I've forgotten already. I was just rambling about nothing. Um, a lot of you would say, like, Oh, um, Alex Kidd, but I'm talking about specifically Mega Drive games. And uh, let's be fair, Enchanted Castle really wasn't that good. So if you wanted a platform on Sega before Sonic, you, uh, you got Castle Illusion, and it definitely still holds up, in my opinion. Even if you don't like Mickey Mouse, it's just really fun time. Great music, great gameplay, great visuals, even by sort of... Even compared to like some late Mega Drive games, it still looked amazing. Obviously, you know, not Traveller's Tale was amazing, but it looked good. But check out Castle of Illusion. Fantastic experience. And the 2013 remake's pretty good. Not as good, but it, it, it suffices. Rest in peace, Sega Studios Australia, because we'll never get another game like that in the future. Astro Boy Omega Factor. A brilliant game made by Treasure. But supposedly, this was like the last of Clash uh, Classic, yep. Classic treasure in the sense that they sort of changed up their style after this game. So I hear it's like a robust shmup based on the Astro Boy. Uh, I was gonna say manga, no manga, manga and um, anime and um, serial and comics and films and toast. I don't know. If you have a toaster with Astro Boy on, it, to be fair, if it's anything like the Sonic toaster, people find a way to burn their houses down with an Astro Boy toaster, so maybe don't send me pictures of that one. Keep it out of your house for as long as possible, people. As well, we have Certain Magical Virtual On. This is apparently a very good game, just a lot of people don't like the fact that it's a licensed game in the first place. Like, the mechanics are solid, but people are like, eh, I don't like these characters. Virtual On fans are getting a bit up in arms about the fact that oh no there's uh, there's anime characters in my Japanese video game ah, I can't handle it I, I agree uh, I don't know if they necessarily fit all that well and they look out of place compared to the virtual on characters most definitely but hey it's a good game play it uh, sadly however a set magical virtual on has never come out at least as of yet probably due to the licensing issues here in the West so, you're going to have to import it from Japan or Asia, so you know the sites by now, PlayAsia, actually maybe don't use PlayAsia, but you know, there's a lot of sites out there, so pick up a copy of a certain magical virtual on if you have a slight passing interest in the virtual on series. Initial D arcade stage, I actually know nothing about any of the Initial D games. Mikael was more your expert on that, so if Mikael somehow appears from out of the, uh, out of the ashes, out of the blue, out of the box, all those places, if he somehow appears... Um, ask him what the initial D games like because I guarantee you can give you an answer. I can't, I just know they have the licensed music, which is very good. Very good licensed music, very good. 
Uh, what other games can I say about spoiling them? Not really all that many. I, I, I've spoken about the Marion Sonic Olympic game before, so I'm really not going to do that again. I've spoken about them many different times, so let's ignore that. We've got a whole bunch of people also just joined us. Uh, I never actually introduced them, but we got Callum and we got uh, Shadow Croft as well. Um, someone's been sending me stuff. What have you been sending me? Oh, okay, Electric Wiggly says there's a reference manual for the Mega SGs in the brand new uh, Mega Drive made by Analog. It's like a premium sort of Mega Drive. I don't really know what I'm meant to be looking at, but apparently the audio features are good. Well, hey, the audio features! Woo! They're brilliant. I'm very happy with that. Also, hi Kefki, I just noticed you're here as well. Apparently, Master System can't. Yeah, system. I keep. I keep. Um, I keep. Hushing things that I really shouldn't be. I'm trying to pronounce my letters correctly, it's just not working. Um, but apparently, yeah, Master System Castle Illusion is very good. Never played it, even though I have a Master System, and it was. Oh, I think it was on the back of the box, the Master System 2, so I probably looked at it like. I, I spent a lot of time looking at the back of that box for some reason instead of just actually playing the Master System. So I probably like glanced at it at various points, but I've never seen anything of it. I've never heard the music, I've never seen the gameplay, don't know what the graphics really look like from memory, so maybe I should check that one out, because if you if it's a robust port or if I don't know if it's a port, maybe it's a completely different game. Um could be worth checking out. I I will do that actually. Oh yeah, and Twinny reminded me that um Sega published an Iron Man game. They also did a Thor and a Hulk game, I believe, because um that was when Marvel were on the brink of going under, so they sold game rights to people, and then the films became massive, so they wished they hadn't sold the game rights to people. I recall hearing that those games were very good. Um, same with the music, the music was very generic, because film score... I know I'm going to offend people who like film scores. I don't. I really don't. But there's, um, yeah, there's probably a good chance that they're complete shovelware tripe, so don't play any of the Marvel games released by Sega. You heard it here, folks. And, um, yeah, Callum linked me, uh, because he, he, he's, requested music from that before, because they did, Sega did a K-On game, as in K-On the anime. I know nothing about K-On, but they did music for it. So, yeah, uh, but he didn't request that, he requested something different in the end, eh? Track which, um, I think he tried to get me to play before, but I didn't, so... Maybe this time I'll actually be forced to play it. Who knows? Speaking of things I'm going to be forced to play, it's about time we got into some more of that sweet, sweet music. And speaking of sweet, we're going to get into some slight rock and roll vibes. And uh, this one's courtesy of Electric Boogaloo, so give him some thanks down in the chat room. And it comes from none other than the amazing Spider-Man vs. the Kingpin. And it's not the track you think it's going to be from that game. It is, however, track 10, right here on the Topical Resort.
welcome back to the Top Resort right here on Radio Sega. You just had a track from Hatsune Miku, Get Ready, a remix album full of Sega tracks. And that was Russia Difficulty, and that was requested by... Was it by Brit? I think it was by Brit. No, it wasn't. It was by Jamie. I, sorry, it was a Miku song, so my mind automatically thought it was Brit, but it wasn't. That was a request by Jamie. Before that, from Sega Rock Volume 2, We Fight for Friends. I fight for my friends. I don't have a I don't have a night clip put here. So I just just imagine Ike saying that in his um his um voice in brawl or whatever that's taken from. I'm not a fire emblem nerd, I don't know. That was a request by Rexy, and that was originally from the game Rambo, which technically wasn't a licensed game, but then they sort of added licenses to it later on, so it's still a licensed game from Rambo. For that, from the amazing Spider-Man vs. The Kingpin, the Mega CD version, that was track 10. Requested by Electric Boogaloo, because of course it was, he always requests music from that game. And well, we've got absolutely nothing to talk about here, so guys, uh, hit me up with some questions, I guess. Because I really don't have anything, or, um... Hit me up with questions, hit me up with um, death threats, they'll do as well. Um, just anything, because I really don't have much else to say, to be honest. Because, well, a licensed game. I guess, actually, I've got a question for you guys. What's your favourite licensed game, and why? So, tell me the game, like maybe what console it's on, and what is your personal favourite? Um, what is just your personal favourite licensed game? Some music from it as well would be nice. I'm not going to play it, but just tell me your favourite music from it. Because otherwise, well, uh, we can sit here in silence if you want. We can do that. Ooh, yeah, I'm bored now. Um, Electric Boogaloo has posted to Rexy how apparently the first M2 game ever made was Gauntlet 4 for the Mega Drive. Interesting. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that, but I'm gonna laugh at that anyway because that, that that meme amuses me quite a bit. <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh, so I'm not gonna read it out for uh, the podcast listeners. So, um, so you don't know what I'm laughing at. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, Jamie asks, "What? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm laughing at this, by the way. Uh, what? What is the answer to life, the universe, and everything in it? Um, twenty-four. It's twenty-four. That's it." Brit asks a slightly more sensible question. Slightly. Opinions on the Mega SG. It's okay. Um, that's really my opinion on it. It just looks like an expensive Mega Drive. Everyone's like, oh, but it's got HDMI output. Yeah, so does an RGB SCART upscaler. It, it, it's not going to look too much better than um, really what you're getting from that or what you're getting from, let's be honest with ourselves, let's say it, everyone. Emulators, because no, but it's not real hardware. But neither's a Mega SG. It's not real hardware, and it's yes, yeah, 42 is the meaning of life. I know it was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> Understand the concept of the meaning of life. That's totally what I meant to say. And uh, yeah, Electric keeps posting like check out, check out the consoles, check out the audio settings, whatever. I will later on. <laughs> not now. While the show is on, um, I'll do that later. But uh, Brick Gamer actually gave me his um, opinion on his favourite licensed game, which was Aladdin for the Mega Drive. Amazing soundtrack, great graphics, and gameplay to hold it all up. Thoroughly agree, not my favourite. Funnily enough, I think actually all my favourites are on Mega Drive, but uh, that's besides the point. Um, some would argue Project Diva Future Tone, which is a solid game, but 99% uh, of the music in it I don't like. It's just that select few tracks that go, oh, that's a nice one, I'll, I'll listen to that. Otherwise, it's like, yeah, it's a bit too weeby for me, guys. And that's, that's come from me, someone who listens to all sorts of music, really. 
Um, I don't like weeby music or ultra like in that game. So uh, the the engine of that game is like ultra good. It would be my favorite. I've said this before on the show, I think. I don't know why they've never really done anything with the Miku engine. It baffles me. Because, yeah, they've done Miracle Girls Festival, but it has the same problem as Miku. It's it's a Marmite game, or um, for Americans who um, don't eat Marmite, you cult- uncultured swine, by the way, Marmite's great. Just thought I'd point that out. Um, but chalk and cheese. It's, Miku's such a chalk and cheese game, because... You either speak to everyone and they're like, oh, I hate the music, it's, um, you know, it's it's for kids or it's for weebs or it's for neckbeards or whatever. Or you meet the people who go, yeah, I absolutely love the music in Miku, it's a great game. But I've never got why they've just haven't gone like, yeah, we'll make all our rhythm games with this engine, so why not? We'll make a, um, I'm trying to think of a good example, like, we'll make a Sega Heritage rhythm game of, like, the best Sega tracks and we'll use the Miku engine. Like, why have they not done that? It makes so much sense to me, but it, like, not even just the Sega Heritage thing, just using the Miku engine in other games. So, yeah, like, why have you never done that? It seems like a logical thing, but they've only ever used it in sort of Japanese idol, um, idol young girl games, which, like, why? You have, you have, like, this perfect rhythm game engine, which is highly regarded often as, like, probably the most accurate and, just be honest, most fun engine and you choose not to use it for anything outside of idle games it it baffles me how they've never done anything with it really because I mean they've got the true from engine they've got the um, what one is it called I've forgotten the name of it my my they got my my that's sort of them go to like heritage game like, oh yeah we'll just put a bunch of Sega songs in my my obviously they got older games they've got like Samba Amigo but Mika's a fairly universal engine like you can pretty much stick any song in it and it works because Unlike sort of Mai Mai, where you're sort of pressing buttons on the screen, Miku, you're like tapping along to the rhythm, like a sort of Taiko no Tatsujin mode, which makes sense for any song that, for any song in general, it just works. Yeah, uh, that's, that's my rant about Miku over that. that. That filled some time, didn't it? Yes, it did, because <laughs> it's a licensed game, people. It counts. But um, yeah, Mega Drive, that's what I was talking about. Mega Drive probably has some of the best licensed games, because that was back before. Well, they were cash grabs, but, you know, that was back before companies go, Wait, we can make these cheap? Huh. Well, I'm going to, um, sign up some no-name nobody for the sake of, um, I don't know, making a cheap license game on GameCube and we'll just put it out for a profit because we only spent two quid on it, so not really that much to lose on it. They're entirely right. It, it was cheap. It made money. They were trash games, though. <laughs> they did not hold up, so maybe um, maybe it wasn't for the best that they did that. But Mega Drive was when they just went, yeah, let's make a solid game, spend all the money on it we can, and just make the best game we possibly could. And that's why that's why it'll probably be the best era for our licensed video games. Um, what's everyone saying? Electric Boogaloo says Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Four. What does what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> what does Pro Skater Four have to do with that conversation? Um, but Brick Gamer says an SST band rhythm game. Oh, I would play that in. I, I, if they did a console version of that, day one purchase, like seven copies. That that makes a lot of sense to me. An SST band rhythm game. Obviously, you've got a limited pool of songs, but make it like a 15 quid digital download game on PSN. 
And well, you pretty much got um, you got your go-to game then, really, haven't you? That's and uh, everyone's saying how a Sega Rhythm game sounds good, but licensing, yeah, but just include the tracks that don't have licensing problems. It's really that simple. Is it's a license to print money? Oh, it's uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 is a licensed game. Oh, you, are you saying it's your favourite? Because even then, that still raises more eyebrows. Oh, yeah, you were saying it was your favourite. What, what a shock. Um, but, yeah, just include the tracks that aren't licensed. But I, I feel like that would be just an excuse to print money, right? Because you got the people in the 30s like, Oh, I'm too old for Miku. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I have a wife. You know, I'm not the intended demographic for these games. Which, uh, not wrong. <laughs> not wrong at all. But, um, yeah, as it, that, that's just a license for money, because you've got all the, like, the people who grew up with Sega going, oh, I want to play a Sega rhythm game, or a heritage rhythm game featuring all my favourite music, and, oh, this plays really well, where have I seen this before? Bam, they buy Miku. Bam, they don't play it, but they still buy it. Good money. Good money, people. Speaking of uh, cash money, this isn't going to be a segue into, a, uh, into another... Thing. Wait, what? Oh, speaking of money, actually, this is a good segue. Um, the Simpsons is going to have an episode about esports. Why? Why? <laughs> Who asked for this? Which is—is is this just the Friday where we just announce trash cartoons for no reason? Because it seems like we're going that way. Even the screenshot looks dreadful. Like, what are they thinking? Ugh. Video games, man, and video games. And speaking of them, let's get into another licensed one. And specifically a licensed one which doesn't get the best rep, but they're actually not bad games, just the matter behind them. Oh, that's true, Marvel vs. Capcom, yeah. I didn't even think of Marvel vs. Capcom, or Capcom vs. SNK, or any of those games, actually. But specifically Marvel vs. Capcom, I didn't even consider that. But, um, yeah, let's get into a licensed game which doesn't get the best rep. That's because of the situation behind it and sort of um, the game content itself, or the uh, the premise of the game itself rather than the content. But it's still very well-programmed games, and um, it's by the legendary Smilebit. And uh, you can't help but smile when you hear this track. From Marin Sonic and the Olympic Games, this is the single version of Table Tennis right here on Radio Sega.
Every Friday night, this is Topical Resort, only on Radio Sega.
missed an episode and want to catch up? Want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show? Download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section. Subscribe to us on iTunes or stream the show through Stitcher. That means it's time for a cheeky bed to, um... Because I can't be bothered to do any other segments. No, it's because we're running out of time, really. So it's going to be a brief segment, uh, just to explain to you what we played. Because after that run, I needed some, uh, I needed some wub wubs. I needed some hats in me. Project D, but arcade, and specifically some or arcade future tone, and specifically some systematic love because. Uh, I think that's probably the most played Miku track on this show, because rightfully so, it's it's a banger. Before that, from Marion Sonic at the Olympic Games, that was Table Tennis Singles, the minigame which apparently made Rexy hit her own nose when playing against her brother, because, uh, I don't know, just did, really. Don't, don't ask questions. Many, many a time have I... Uh, I'd actually, to be fair, I've, I've hit myself in... I've hit myself in a decent number of places with a Wii Remote. The painful ones. Not proud of it. The nose, admittedly, would have been better. <laughs> so <laughs> I shouldn't really judge. I I should um, actually be wishing that that was me instead, because yeah, it would have been less painful to be honest. Anyway, um, I, I guess I could say, um, who's looking forward to the Sonic community imploding on itself again? Because I said last week, oh, it's going to explode, and then apparently South by Southwest started last sat last Saturday. But apparently the Sonic panel's not until tomorrow, and it's on at like 6 or 7 p.m. I think it might be 7 p.m. UK. So, uh, let's just wait for everyone to explode, everyone to d- moan and cry about how awful it is, even though it'll probably be okay at best. You know, it might not, it might not, it might be just mediocre, but hey, it's the worst thing ever! Ah! So, we'll wait for that, we'll wait for people to um, cry and scream and moan, and in the meantime, we'll just keep on, we'll just keep on keeping, we'll keep on playing some music, and we'll keep on getting into the toppy mix, and I'm going to kick it off with the Sega track that's not related to the topic of the episode, that's a lie, it's a lie because it is related to the topic of the episode, because I couldn't resist having less than two Aladdin tracks on the show, and after that, it's a, it's a Sega remix related to the topic of the episode, and... How is this on Sega? Well, you're going to be finding out a bit later on, but I've played it on the show before, but you're going to be finding out how this is a Sega track after we played it, and then the non-Sega track not relating to the topic of the episode. Well, it's from a game that's regularly featured in the non-Sega track block, but hey, I don't care. It's a good song, good music, good block. Let's get into the toppy mix. The Toppy Mix.
that snazzy music can only mean one thing. It's time for the end of the top result right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard was a track that everyone loved from Mighty Switch Force. That was Love You, Love You, Love You by the amazing Jake Kaufman. We played something from, I believe, last week, actually. But um, got to play some Mighty Switch Force again. I've mentioned on the show many, many times. The first and second game are tied for my favourite soundtrack ever. Just brilliant. Every opportunity I get to play it without people grumbling that I play the soundtrack too much, I take... And rightfully so, because it's a great soundtrack. Before that, the track which I said was technically Sega, it sort of counted. How so? Well, that was a track from Gallium Grant, or that was the remix, and that was a Genesis styled remix of Diesel Dreaming, and that is from the of, of all games, it's from SpongeBob SquarePants Creature from the Krusty Krab. Now, you know what you're thinking? How the hell is that a Sega game? Good question. Well, Sega actually had quite heavy hands in the Japanese publishment and development, etc. of that game, because it was an American game, but when they brought it over to Japan, Sega had a decent enough role in it to where they were on sort of all the marketing, and they have their marketing on their own um, website, and it's like, like they're cited in the manual, I think, and it's on Wikipedia, etc. So they had a heavy enough hand in the Japanese release of that game to actually sort of be classified alongside it, even though they didn't publish it. If that makes sense. So, technically it's sort of a Sega game. And, um, I don't care. I jumped at the opportunity to play that remix, because... I think, uh, I don't know, I just think it's brilliant, really. That's all I've got to say about it. Before that, from Aladdin, the Mega Drive version, that was Arab Rock 2. I love that track. I love all the tracks from Aladdin, so... Of course, had to play another one for you there. Um, you know what time it is, after all, because it is indeed... Rewind time. It is rewind time. Thank you, Will Smith. Ever so reliant on those sound effects, we are we are slowly getting here on the top of resort, as well as on our pick and mix. But mainly mainly top of resort. I say that we've only used them once. It's the first show we've used them, but um, we got to get out of the habit of doing it right now. Anyway, I want to give a huge thank you to everyone who's been around. Today. We've had so many new people around. We have had we've had Twinny, we've had Callum, we've had Brick Gaming ninety eight, we've had myself, we've had Rapid Run, we've had Shaken Bakey. Um, we've had just too many people to count. We've had 20 Rexy, uh, Jamie64326, Shadix Lita Croft. Did I say Rapid Run? I think I said Rapid Run. Electric Boogaloo, Kefki, um, Ten Miriam. I'm trying to remember most of these off the top of my head and it's not really working. <laughs> uh, we had J Star Max as well, uh, Ice Ferno. Some more people who I'm forgetting. I'm really sorry, but there's just so many of you tonight. If I forgot your name, please shout at me and I will give you a shout out because I can, really. Because I can. It's the only reason for it. As of next week's show, you know the drill by now. I don't know because I don't know what my health is going to be like, but at least I know that um, I've got a night, I've got a checkup next week, which should finally hopefully get to the bottom of this. So. Um, yeah, who knows if we'll be well enough to host a show afterwards, but hey, got to check up next week. So, hey, that's a good thing, right? Got to look at the bright side of life. Uh, yeah, it gets more difficult every day. <sighs> How depressing. Let's get into one last track from Marin Sonic at the Rear 2016 Olympic Games. And of course, there's only one track you can go with. It's the main theme. And I'm, I'm aware it's slightly ironic that we're going for all this sort of Samba-esque music after we've just got rid of the, the, the Samba-styled logo that we've had for so many years. But I mean, hey, gotta go with the irony. And you know what you gotta do? You know what you gotta do? You gotta stay topical.
Uh, oh, hi there. Hi, if you're still here. We've just got one more thing left to announce. I'm going to be trying my best to waffle on as long as possible as to not make any dead air. But one more announcement left to make. Join us on our Twitch channel tomorrow night. We don't know when yet, but keep an eye on those social media feeds as a brand new streamer joins the wings. And it's not Ravseek, it's not me, it's not even another member of staff. Join Rapid Run tomorrow on our Radio Sega Twitch channel to celebrate our 13th birthday as he plays through some various mobile games. And of course, be sure to then tune into the Radio Sega radio stream to hear our 13th birthday lineup. You're not going to want to miss it, guys. I've been Green Vaporate. This has been the Topical Resort. You've been awesome. Thank you so much for listening. If you're still here, enjoyed the show. Check out and the stay topical, Radio I guess. Live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.